In this presentation, we will discuss what's new with relation to education credits. One big change that's going to affect a lot of different taxpayers is that the Form 1040A and 1040EZ are no longer existing in 2018. What that means is that most people, whether they have a complex return or not, will be filing a Form 1040, the regular or standard Form 1040. The 1040A and 1040EZ were shorter forms in the past and what what has happened in essence is now the whole 1040 is a shorter form and the uh, other items that were previously on the 1040 but not on 1040a and ez are generally added to different schedules so if you have a more complex return you'll go to a different schedule this should be easier for many people especially people that have easier returns because you don't have to really know well what do i need a, a 1040a ez or whatnot, so you'll just go straight to the Form 1040. Back to the text, Forms 1040A and 1040EZ aren't available to file for 2018 taxes. If you used one of these forms in the past, you will now file Form 1040. Some forms and publications that were released in 2017 or early 2018, for example, Form W-2, may still have references to Form 1040A or Form 1040EZ. So you may see some instructions still on, on the instructions for like a W-2 form that refer to 1040A or EZ. If you do, disregard them. They're old. Uh, we no longer have the 1040A or EZ in, in 2018. So be aware of that. Lifetime learning credits. For 2018, the amount of your lifetime learning credit is gradually reduced or phased out. If your MAGI, which is your modified adjusted gross income, we basically take the adjusted gross income and modify it, is between $57,000 and $67,000 or $114,000 and $134,000 if you file a joint return. In other words, we're looking at the phase out. Usually phase outs happen, of course, when income goes up. Modified AGI is just another way of basically measuring the income. That's going to be a more specific income. But as your income increases, in essence, you could have some phase out. If you are married filing joint, then of course, that those numbers will be greater. 114, 134. If you're single or some other filing status, single head of household, for example, then you'll have the lower limits because it's more likely you have a single income rather than two incomes that you could possibly have if you're married, filing joint. You can't claim the credit if your modified AGI, MAGI, is 67000 or more or 134000 or more if you file a joint return. In other words, if you are between 114000 and 134000 then that's when the phase-out takes place. So you'll start to lose the credit at that point. And it'll be totally gone, of course, at the end of it, at the far side, at the 134000 then you'll have no more. So if you make more than that amount of modified adjusted gross income, then you won't have the credit if you're married, filing joint. And if you hit the upper cap, of course, for the other filing status, single, head of household, for example, 67000 if you make over that, you will no longer have the benefit of the credit. To get a feel for that adjusted gross income number and the modified adjusted gross income number, we'll take a look at a test 1040. We have a simple single individual here for our test 1040. If we scroll down, we're saying that there's 50,000 of income. That being reported on the income line 
It's also, in this case, reported in the adjusted gross income, that on line 7. Now, it could be that we have the adjusted gross income, the AGI, adjusted gross income, could be uh, altered. It could have some changes on Schedule 1, typically, is where they would normally occur. Adjustments to income could adjust the adjusted gross income. And, of course, as we saw in this section, we're talking about a modified adjusted gross income. So we would take this number then, line 7, and modify it due to any special modification specific to the education credit. Back to the text. Student loan interest deduction. For 2018, the amount of your student loan interest deduction is gradually reduced, phased out, if your modified adjusted gross income, MAGI, your income level, once again, it's going to phase out as your income level goes up, back to the text, is between 65000 and 80000 135000 and 165000 if you file a joint return. So in other words, if you had uh, interest on the student loan and that would happen if you went to school got student loans for that and then were paying them back at some future date you typically get to deduct not the full payment but the interest portion in some ways but it'll phase out as income goes up so if your income is between the 135 and the 165 married filing joint or of course the lower amount 65 or 80 if you're some other filing status such as single head of household that's when the phase out will happen in between those two and that of course means that you can't claim the deduction if your modified agi is 80,000 or more 160,000 165,000 or more if you file a joint return and of course that's the upper limit of the threshold so 135 to 165 that's when it starts to phase out for a married return and 65 to 80 when it starts to phase out for a single head of household other than married returns in other words and therefore the upper limit the 80 the 80 the 165 the 165 if you're past that limit then you no longer you've reached the cap of the phase out and you don't get anything from the uh, interest deduction at that point back to the text Student loan. If a student loan, including a private education loan, is discharged after December 31st, 2017 on account of the student's death or disability, you may not have to include any amount in income. So you can look further into that if that is a situation, a special circumstance that you need to look into. Back to the text. Qualified elementary and secondary education expenses for distributions made from qualified tuition programs other no, otherwise known as QTPs or 529 plans. After 2017, qualified education expenses may include no more than 10000 paid for elementary and or secondary school tuitions incurred after 2017. Rollovers to an ABLE account. And ABLE accounts are there to help people with disabilities. So an amount distributed from a QTP, which is a qualified tuition program, after December 22nd, 2017 isn't taxable. And that's going to be the key. Not taxable because we have the rollover amount. If it's rolled over to the ABLE account for the benefit of the same beneficiary or the benefit of a member of the beneficiary's family, including the beneficiary's spouse. But this doesn't apply to the extent the amount distributed when added to other amounts contributed to the ABLE account exceeds the, amount, the annual contribution limit. Education Saving Bond Program. For 2018, the amount of your Education Savings Bond Interest Exclusion 
is gradually reduced or phased out if your modified adjusted gross income is between $79,550 or $94,550 or $119,300 to $149,300 if married filing joint. In other words, it's going to phase out if you're married filing joint with these limits and if you're some other married or status not married, which would typically be single or head of household, for example, then you have, of course, the lower limits here. You can't exclude any of the interest if you're modified adjusted gross income, basically your income in essence, or, or a modification of income as your income level goes up. Your modified adjusted gross income is 94550 which of course is the outer limit of, of this range, or uh, $149,300, the outer limit of this range for married. Then, of course, you won't be able to, to have any benefit because you'll be at the end of the phase out at that point. Miscellaneous itemized deductions. You can no longer deduct work-related education expenses as a miscellaneous itemized deduction subject to 2% of adjusted gross income floor. So that's been removed. The, the itemized deductions have been reduced greatly, and this has been one that's going to be uh, removed from it. This change may negatively affect some people, but the amount of people it affects probably isn't as large as we might think. Because, of course, when we think about the education expenses, we would like to first think about if we can get a credit for it. And that's where we would typically have put that information before in any case. In other words, even when we had access to the 2% deduction, if it was something eligible to take a credit for, that's where we would get the most benefit and would most likely put it. And then even if we couldn't do that and we had to take this 2% amount as an itemized deduction it's still limited by the adjusted gross income and it's also simply limited by being an itemized deduction and in 2018 also they increased the standard deduction amount so that's probably going to lead to less people who are using uh, the itemized deductions because more people will benefit by taking the higher standard deduction back to the text Business deduction for work-related deductions. Generally, if you claim a business deduction for work-related education and you drive your car to and from school, the amount you can deduct four miles driven from January 1st, 2018 through December 31st, 2018 is 54.5 cents per mile. So that's kind of like a mileage method that can be used in that case, in that circumstance.